I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. It's our press review show in which we're going to be going through the online outlets, looking through the back pages and bringing to you the latest Arsenal-related stories. We'll be discussing those stories as well, and we're doing it whilst the sun is shining here in North London, the day after another Arsenal victory, another significant step towards achieving our goals. Still a lot of work to be done and a huge, huge game coming up this Thursday night, which we'll be building up to throughout the week. But it's a good time to be an Arsenal fan. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of buzz. Um, and, and the atmosphere around the place in general is just fantastic. A couple of stories that I really wanted to home in on today. And uh, one of them is uh, involving uh, Egyptian king, Mohamed Elneny, the man who's come into the side of late and really surprised people with how good, how consistent, how strong he's been and, and how almost sort of flawless he's been able to kind of come into the team and just pick up where he left off like two, three seasons ago because he has been out of the picture for a long time. He's had a loan spell out at Besiktas and um, and many people thought that his days at Arsenal were over, certainly days on the pitch. I mean, we know that his contract is due to run until the end of the season, but I don't think many people envisaged him playing such a key role in the push for Champions League football next season. He's done a fantastic job, and I think you've got to start with that point. Look, I mean, he's come in and he's, he's added a stability. He's added a, a solidarity. He has come in and done the simple things very, very well. He's a player, in my opinion, Mohamed Onneni, who understands his limitations, who understands what his ability is, understands how far he can take it, what the boundaries are with regards to what he feels he can try and in which moments. And as a consequence of having a very good understanding of his level and where he is and, and where he should be and, and what he can offer to the team, he is a really reliable option. Work rate, brilliant. Attitude, brilliant. I think when you look at all of those things, you, you can't come to any other conclusion other than that he is a model professional, somebody who's worked incredibly hard uh, throughout his time at the club, even when told he was out of favour, even when told that he can go and find another club. He's still nailed down. He's still been focused and he's still... Um, sort of chipped away at Mikel Arteta to the point where he's been given an opportunity. And my gosh, so far, um, he's grabbed it with both hands, you have to say. Lots of you in the live chat. We'll continue the Elneny chat in just a minute because I do want to find out what you guys are thinking about this. I have put a poll in the live chat about Mohamed Elneny's future. And the question is, would you give Mohamed Elneny a contract extension? Now, this comes from a report from David Ornstein this morning that claims that the Gunners have open talks with the Egyptian midfielder over the possibility of him staying on. There isn't really any further detail um, and we don't know for sure what this deal looks like, how long it's for, what the salary package looks like, all of that stuff. Um, is still unclear and still up in the air. But what we do know is that those talks and those discussions are now ongoing. So I asked in the chat, would you give Mohamed Elneny a contract extension? And the reason I asked this question is because it wasn't too long ago when people were looking at the Arsenal squad and identifying what they believe to be dead wood, that Mohamed Elneny would have been right near the top of that list as someone who, you know, we think is a, a lovely guy, you know, a good professional 
a role model in that sense, but someone who just quality wise isn't at the level that we need, isn't at the level that we want and someone that we need to to move on. Now, there's never been any real panic around there on any situation because of his contract, because of the fact that that is due to expire at the end of the season. And I think if you'd have asked people a couple of months ago, most would have said, just let the contract run down, let him leave, let him go somewhere where he's going to play regular football. He's earned that much. And now people seem to have a very, very different opinion because 92% of you have voted in our poll that Mohamed Elneny is deserving of a contract extension. Just 8% of you think that he isn't deserving of it. And I'm interested to hear why. So please do let me know in the chat. I mean, for me personally, I'm of the opinion that Mohamed Elneny is a good squad player and someone worthwhile keeping around as long as that doesn't prevent you from going out and doing additional business, as long as that doesn't prevent you from strengthening the team. Mohamed Elneny throughout his Arsenal time has always been on the peripheries. He's never really been a regular starter, yet there's never been any complaining. There's never been any moaning. When called upon, he's always done a very professional job and he's always just got on with it. I think as long as he is accepting of the fact that his role really is not going to change all that much, he's still going to be somebody that gets the opportunity when we're short, when we need people, perhaps in, in European competition, in certain games, perhaps in the cup competitions. As long as he's happy with that, as long as he understands that, then I don't really see there being an issue with handing Mohamed Elneny that contract. I don't think that whatever we're going to pay Mohamed Elneny is going to be so significant that it hinders us from doing anything else, as I say. So it's all really, for me, down to the player, because I think keeping him as a squad player, keeping him as someone that you can rotate in and out, someone that you can use when you want to slightly alter the game plan, perhaps you want to be a little bit more defensive, perhaps you want to be a little bit more solid in the way that you set up, I think actually having him around the place is, is not is not a bad thing. I actually think it's quite a good idea. But the, the conditions have got to be right. And that's the key here, not just for Arsenal Football Club, but for the player as well. I mean, we talk about Eddie Nketiah's future a lot. What does the future hold for Eddie Nketiah? Well, again, similar situation. I don't think it's about money. I don't think that Eddie Nketiah has priced himself um, to a point where Arsenal can't do the deal. It's about game time. And in Eddie Nketiah's case, based on what we've heard and what we've seen and what he's said in recent weeks, it's clearly about football. And unfortunately, we're not in a position as a football club to guarantee him that. But he's obviously at a different stage in his career. He's much younger. He's looking to kick on. He's looking to push on. And he's looking to play regularly. I don't really see that in Mohamed Elneny because I think if he was that fussed about game time or he valued game time higher than being at a big club, then I think he would have gone years ago. There are certain players in football that are actually quite, I'm not going to say happy to not be playing every week, but are quite content with their roles if it means that they get to stay at and play for a bigger football club. I think Rob Holding is another prime example of that. Callum Chambers is someone who's been a good example of that over the years. So I, I think it's rare to find players of that mindset and it's rare to find players who can come in and do a good enough job but also don't demand more, don't cause the manager a headache, don't impact the dressing room negatively based on the fact that they're unhappy with a lack of game time. To come and to, to find those players is rare. And when you've got them and they're proving that they can do the job, I don't see the logic in moving them on. It's a different matter if Mohamed Elneny himself comes and says, look, boss, I need to play. 
I'm not playing enough here. I've enjoyed my time at this football club. I love being a part of what we're doing here, but I need to play week in, week out. You can't guarantee me that. And therefore, I want to leave. That's a totally different situation. In this instance, I think that handing Mohamed Onneni a one, two-year contract extension is probably fair enough. But again, you know, it's got to be something that he wants as well. Uh, but that's my view. That's my take on it. And and it's always with the caveat that this cannot prevent us, however, going out and adding more in our midfield. Because I do think we need it. I do think we need another top-class midfield operator to complement Partey, Xhaka. Um, you know, I, I still think that Lokonga's missing a little bit. And I'm actually starting to wonder whether if we did keep Elneny and we did go and bring in another top-class midfielder, whether we could consider potentially sending Lokonga out on loan for a season to give him the game time that I feel he needs to get up to the level required. I don't know. All interesting things to debate and discuss. But I want to get some of you guys' comments and thoughts uh, from the chat box. Uh, let's see what we've got. Um, Delisu says, uh, with more games next season, we will need Elneny. Uh, Bino says, I like the personality. Um, and the effect that that has on our team. But if we're in the CEO, I don't think he's got that quality to continue our progression. Yeah, not as a starter, for sure. Completely agree. Um, Sko says, great character and attitude, works hard in training and is and in game, is dependable to do a no-frills job and doesn't complain when not playing, won't take huge wages, good to have in the squad. It's a no-brainer. Um, Wandering Minstrel says, give him two years. He will stay. He loves AFC. Inny asks if players get a rolling one-year contract based on performances. It's not something you hear of very often. Um, you know, people do get one-year rolling contracts and then they rediscuss and they renegotiate and they hash that out and they do it again. Um, but a lot of the time, those are the types of offers that are made to players who there's major concerns around their fitness. So I think in this instance, you'd have to offer Elneny a one-year um, or you could do one year with the option to extend by a further year. There's a lot of ways of working this out. But again, it's got to be something that appeals to both the player uh, and the club, of course. Um, Kevin says his recent performances have been good, but it's time to move on. We need a better and much younger player, one who can tackle, push forward and score all kinds of goals. I don't think anybody disputes, Kevin, that there are upgrades on Mohamed Elneny. But how many upgrades are out there? that would come in and be content with playing a sort of bit part role? Because I don't see Thomas Partey missing out when he's fit and available. And I don't see Granit Xhaka um, missing out either, because I think he's one of Mikel Arteta's trusted lieutenants out on the football pitch. And I think that when, when he's fit, he will play. I think what we need in the centre of midfield is somebody who is around about the same level as Xhaka and Partey and somebody who can fight for those positions. Uh, with them to encourage competition, to help us out in European um, exploits as well. So I think we do need another player. I, I'm not really sure that Lokonga is quite there yet. I don't think he's at the level that we need in order for him to push and, and challenge Xhaka and Partey. It's a little bit early to say that, I guess, because it is his first season and his game time has been very limited. But I'm not totally convinced about him at this moment. Um, you know, Mohamed Elneny, is someone that could come in and do that defensive midfield job and do it quite reliably, but as you say, isn't really going to take us to a new level. So um, although I think that giving him a contract is actually probably quite wise and, and probably a smart thing to do, given his seeming acceptance of what his role in the team will be, 
I do understand why people are thinking, well, if we are really rebuilding, if we are really looking to progress and really wanting to take this whole thing to another level, then we probably need to be rid of players like Mohamed Onneni, who over the years have shown us that overall they're not quite good enough. Um, Alex says, yes, give him a new contract because I think we have enough to do in other areas and could use a guy like him as backup while spending the money on others. Um, let's see what else we've got. Um, Danny says Elneny is a consummate professional, doesn't moan, enjoys his game time and isn't actually as bad as a lot of Arsenal fans think. Yesterday, he even started spraying passes around. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when you see these players as well, and I've talked about this with others, when they are when they're on the peripheries, when they're not playing all that much football and then they get an opportunity to have a bit of a run in the side, you, you suddenly start to feel the confidence coming back in them. And I think you're seeing that with Elneny, who, as you say, is starting to ping passes around and starting to be a little bit more, um, you know, starting to be a little bit more uh, sort of adventurous in the way he plays the game. Uh, Jid says, Arsenal are a pressing team. Elneny isn't there to tackle, push forward or score goals, just like with Partey. If Elneny is expected to push forward, then who covers the back line? Yeah, I think the role that Elneny um, plays in Mikel Arteta's Arsenal side is very, very um, specific. And he's kind of taken the role that Mikel Arteta tried to get Lekonga to play against Brighton. And it didn't work. He didn't have, in my opinion, enough support around him. The decision to take Xhaka out of the midfield alongside him was a big problem. And, and he really struggled to cope with that role. Mohamed Elneny today is much better equipped to play that role than Albert Lekonga is. Now, that's not to say that Lekonga doesn't have a higher ceiling and that he won't go on to be a better player. But just talking specifically about that defensive midfield role, the role of shielding and protecting the back line and giving a platform for Xhaka and Odegaard to step slightly further forward. That is a role that Mohamed Elneny right now, in terms of our options outside of Thomas Partey, can play as well as anybody. So, um, yeah, I, I think, Jid, you make a good point about what his role is. And it's important that we um, we take that into consideration as well. Um, Roland Sunday says, I don't think Elneny is dead wood. We need squad depth. We're going to Europe next season. Whether it's the Champions League or not, Roland, uh, we will be in Europe and we'll have more games. So, naturally. Uh, we're going to need more people. Uh, Clock End Seb says, after some of the problematic characters that have been around the club in recent seasons, and he highlights Oba, Gwenduzi and Ozil, it's a breath of fresh air to have club men like holding Anil Neni around the place. Yeah, and to backfill positions, as we keep saying, effectively when called upon, knowing that that is their role and knowing that that is what they're here to do. And I think, for a lot of players, having that role, it humbles you in a, in a lot of ways because you then know that when you come in, you, you've only got a short window in which to impress and to, to stake a claim and stay in the team. I think, though, that as, as, as has been pointed out on a number of occasions in the chat already today, you know, that doesn't mean that we look at these players and we think they're world beaters or that they're top quality. But just sort of circling back to Mikel Arteta for a second, a manager who's been heavily criticised about man management, a manager who's been questioned as to whether or not he is capable of keeping people engaged. He's capable of dealing with the problems that arise in any dressing room, i.e. players not happy because they're not playing. The fact that we've been on this run and the fact that we are in this position that we currently find ourselves in with holding playing at centre-back at present, with Cedric Suarez having had to cover for a long period of time at right-back, with Mohamed Elneny in the midfield, 
with Thomas Partey obviously out injured. And with Eddie Nketiah, who can walk away from this club on a free transfer in a matter of weeks, leading the line and playing so well, actually spells the opposite to me. It tells me that Mikel Arteta can keep people engaged, that he can put futures and speculation to one side for the good of the team. Because, you know, I know in the striker situation, it's a little bit different because, of course, um, you know, neither Lacazette or Nketiah have a new contract signed and neither are likely to be at the club next season based on what we know at the moment. But it's um, it, it's just a testament, I think, to the way that the manager, even when the future of these players is so uncertain, has been able to keep them engaged. It just shows you that actually all these rumours and all this talk about him just being a bad manager and not being able to manage characters and not being able to manage difficult situations is just a load of old nonsense. It really, really is. And I think you're seeing that now. Um, so fair play to Mikel Arteta for that as well. You know, you've got to give him praise. You've got to give him credit for that. Um, people will point to United and how bad they've been this season. People will point to Spurs if we indeed we do go on and qualify for the Champions League and say that they weren't up to standard, that they weren't up to scratch. But you still got to be good enough, in my opinion, to um, to capitalise on those teams falling away, to capitalise on those teams having under par seasons. OK, that's, uh, that concludes the El Nenny chat. Mohamed El Nenny, should he get a new contract or not? Let's just quickly... Uh, have a look in on the poll results, which have slightly changed throughout the duration of the show. Uh, 87% of you now believe that Mohamed Elneny deserves a contract extension. That's still an overwhelming majority in comparison to the 13% who don't feel um, that he is uh, he is worthy of it or that we should be looking to do that at this point in our development. Look, we're going to take a very, very short pause. But before we do that, if you could just uh, please hit that like button. It really, really does help. Uh, we're going to be taking uh, some of your thoughts and bringing you another story that is doing the rounds regarding Arsenal today. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Uh, this is our press review show in which we go through the press. Uh, we go through some of the back pages and we bring to you uh, the Arsenal related stories. There is a big story doing the rounds, however, that is not Arsenal related, which I think a lot of people will be interested in seeing as he's somebody that a lot of people feel we should be making a big push to sign this summer. Now, it might not be realistic uh, to all of us, but there has been talk that Arsenal should go and trigger Erling Haaland's release clause, that Arsenal should try and utilise the influence of Martin Odegaard and the friendship between the two to convince him that this project is is the right one for him. It looks as though Erling Haaland, however, is on his way to Manchester City. That is being widely reported today as pretty much a done deal. Uh, apparently, the personal terms have been agreed. All of the conversations have taken place. The only thing left for Manchester City to do is to notify Borussia Dortmund of their intention to trigger that release clause. Uh, some reports suggesting that an announcement on this deal could be uh, around the corner and we could have it as early as this week, which is obviously uh, big, big news in the Premier League, further strengthening Manchester City's position. Let's go through some more of the back pages. Uh, Arsenal could be thwarted in their bid to sign 24-year-old Argentina forward Lautaro Martinez because Inter are simply not looking to sell him. That's according to Gazeta della Sport. Now, I've got to be honest, never really felt that a deal for Lautaro Martinez was one that is on the cards. 
Um, you know, he's a he's a very good player, very talented player. No doubt about that. I'm a big Serie A fan. I've seen a hell of a lot of him. But given what Inter are likely to demand for Lautaro Martinez, I've never really seen this as a realistic option. Is he a player I like? Yeah. Is he a player I'd be sort of happy to see in an Arsenal shirt? Is he somebody that I'd welcome with open arms? Absolutely. But it just never has, in my view, felt like a realistic deal in Gazeta de la Sport. Uh, in my opinion, a kind of regurgitating or, or kind of guessing a little bit based on um, Inter's stance and sort of dragging Arsenal's name into the story to try and, and and get further traction, as you'll see a lot of over the course of the summer. But the story I did want to focus on was one regarding RB Leipzig's Frenchman, um, Christopher Nkunku, 24 years old. And Arsenal have been named among a number of clubs said to be interested in signing the player this summer. Now, according to Transfermarkt, his value is £58.5 million. Well, you can expect that RB Leipzig will be looking for a, a substantial amount more than that. And the reason is because there are so many clubs said to be interested. Now, this is a player who plays in a kind of attacking midfield position, has played sort of just off the striker as a second striker in the past as well, and has from time to time played wide midfield. Um, but this is a guy whose outputs are just simply unbelievable. 33 Bundesliga appearances this season for Christopher Nkunku, 20 goals and 15 assists. That's 35 direct goal contributions in 33 games. Add to that, he's netted four times in his six Europa League appearances this season, seven times in his six Champions League appearances this season, and three times in the DFB Pokal. When you look at this guy's season overall, it is an incredible season. If I just filter here to have a look at all competitions, 34 goals, 20 assists, 54 goal contributions in 50 games this season across all competitions. That is quite the return. That is quite the record. And you can understand why there are a number of clubs that are circling around this lad. Now, it's not just about stats. You know, sometimes we get carried away with stats and we base our opinion and our view on a player solely on the stats without looking for or, or studying or looking at the eye test which for me is the most important thing still. The eye test is, is everything. That's what I want to be looking at. That's what I want to be focused on um, first and foremost. And if the stats back up what I've seen, then great, that strengthens the case. But I do feel like Christopher Nkunku is somebody that we, um, you know, should be in the conversation for. Whether we'd be able to make that happen, though, remains to be seen just because of the number of clubs that are interested and, of course, how much money is expected to be needed. Now, a lot of you have pointed out in the chat today that there's a lot of work that needs to be done at Arsenal. There's a lot of positions that we still need to upgrade in, that we still need to address, uh, that we still need to buy backup for and that we still need to build out on. So to be able to spend, you know, in excess of what I expect to be probably £70 million on Christopher Nkunku and then expect us to go out and get an out-and-out striker and then expect us to go out and bring in another centre midfielder. It feels a little bit unrealistic to me at this point. So I'm not really getting too carried away with this one, but it is interesting uh, that Football London have included Arsenal in the, in the list of clubs uh, that are looking at the player. Uh, that's 
basically all the big stuff um, with regards to Arsenal today doing the rounds. So just a quick reminder, Mohamed Elneny has opened or Arsenal have opened contract talks with Mohamed Elneny over a potential extension to his deal that is due to run out in June. Arsenal uh, apparently have been uh, knocked back in their attempts to sign uh, Inter Milan striker Lautaro Martinez due to the uh, Milan Giants not wanting to sell him. And Arsenal are one of three Premier League clubs. Chelsea and Manchester United are the other two linked who are looking at RB Leipzig's French midfielder Christopher Nkunku as a potential target this summer. Lots and lots of interesting stuff, as there will be throughout the course of the summer. And don't forget, we're going to be keeping you across all of that on our press review show daily here on the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. And I can't wait um, to sort of really dig in on that stuff, um, hopefully with an Arsenal side that are looking to push into the Champions League or looking to compete in the Champions League next season. Fingers crossed we can get over the line and get that done because it really does change the playing field and the landscape, doesn't it? Let, let me take some of your questions. Let me take some of your thoughts. We didn't get to do much Q&A on our post-match uh, Leeds show yesterday just due to time constraints. We've got around about 20 minutes here. So let me take as many of your questions as I possibly can in that period during that time frame. Chuck them in the chat now. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already. That really, really does help. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's do it. Let's uh, Let's see what you guys have to say on uh, all things Arsenal, that victory at Leeds and some of the transfer reports and rumours that you've seen doing the rounds. Uh, Ogachukwu says, what about Sterling? I quite like Raheem Sterling. I do. I, he's one of those players that on the one hand, I think he's incredibly talented and he's a nightmare for defenders because of, I think, his movement. I think his movement is really, really clever. I think that's one of the things that goes uh, under the radar with Raheem Sterling. I think his dribbling ability is, is superb. If I had one criticism of him, I think it's that given the positions that he gets in and the frequency with which he gets into those areas, I think he should score more goals, which sounds a bit crazy because he's not uh, he's not got a bad record in that sense. But I just feel like he can be frustrating at times. And the other thing as well, um, my friend, is that I, I think that looking at where he's at in his career and the fact that we're probably going to have to pay a, a, a fortune to get him, I think that will put Arsenal off. And I don't think it really fits in with the direction the club have shown us they're taking over the last couple of seasons. But I wouldn't be moaning or complaining if Raheem Sterling was to end up at Arsenal because he's a player that I've admired for many, many years now. Uh, Kingsley Apara says, have you noticed, Harry, the agenda of the Arteta outs is changing to Arsenal won't be able to compete in the Champions League. Laughable, isn't it? Look, if Mikel Arteta, and it's not done yet, let's emphasise and stress that point. If Mikel Arteta takes this Arsenal side back into the Champions League in his second full season, given the level of competition around in terms of the number of clubs that are competing and vying for it, given the injury problems we've had, given the fact that this squad is still, in my opinion, only half built, then you have to give him credit. Whether you're Arteta in, whether you're Arteta out, whatever your stance is on the manager, you will be seen as a fool if you do not acknowledge that he's done a good job. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that Mikel Arteta is the man you're going to believe in for the next five, ten years and that he's the man that's going to guide Arsenal to winning the Premier League title or winning a Champions League. You can; Those two opinions can live in the same world. 
but you would be silly, as I say, in my view, to deny that he's done a good job. And that would prove to me, if you did deny that he's done a good job, if we achieve Champions League qualification, that you're agenda-driven. And that, I think, is is something that is is not nice to see. Like, I don't want to see that. There will be a lot of people that will put their hands up and say, look, I got this guy wrong and he's done a very good job. And to those for those people, I'll have equal respect um, because I think that they've, you know, one of the hardest things, one of the biggest things is to be able to, um, you know, to be able to hold your hands up, recognise and acknowledge something that you maybe got wrong. Um, and and sort of be big enough and and man enough to own it. And why wouldn't you want to own it? Because this is something that is for us going to be a positive, whatever way you look at it. Matt says, "Do you feel like Nuno Tavares's future might have been at as a might be sorry as a winger?" I don't know. I don't think he's got enough. I think he's got that athleticism, and I think he's got that confidence when he gets into those attacking areas. But I don't look at him and say. Um, I don't look at him and say that, um, you know, he's he's technically gifted enough or technically up to scratch or technically sort of um, rounded off enough to, to be able to be an effective winger. I think when you take the physical side out of it, I don't think there's much more for him to offer. So I'm not sure. I think he's a wing back, not a full back. Um, and I think that in the back four, I think he's suspect defending does have a light shone on it. And that's a big, big problem. Um, some of you asking me, Aaron asks if if I would loan him out uh, to see if he can get the mistakes out of his system or would you keep him as a backup or sell directly in the summer? I think we've got to bear in mind that he's still very, very young. And I think we've got to bear in mind that he's someone who's still finding his feet in English football. His first season um, It's never going to be easy. I'd take a good look at him if I was the management over the summer. I think I'd still keep him around the place. I, I, I don't know that alone going somewhere where he has to drop down a level and playing a very different style of football is going to do him the world of good. I think based on what we've heard from some of his sort of previous coaches, Tom Canton did a superb interview for football.london uh, with one of his coaches at Benfica. Based on what I heard in that, I don't think he's someone that suffers from a lack of confidence. And I always think loan deals are great for experience, but also confidence. So I don't think that w- we should leave ourselves short in that left-back position unless we're going to go and bring someone in uh, by loaning him out. But that's that's my opinion. Uh, Paul James says, are we dismissing Eddie Nketiah too easily? He scored nine goals in 10 games, still only 23, and seems to improve game to game now that he's getting a run in the team. I don't think we're dismissing him. Like, I'm not dismissing him. I, I was dismissing him earlier in the season. I hold my hands up to that. And, you know, I was adamant that he wasn't good enough. I was adamant that even when Lacazette wasn't scoring goals, um, you know, we we had no choice but to stick with him because of my fear that Eddie Nketiah was going to come into the team and, and not do the business. Now, part of that fear was due to what I thought his ability level was, but part of that was also due to the fact that I thought his head was gone and that his mind was very much made up. He wasn't staying at the football club. He wanted to play his football elsewhere. And I wasn't sure I wanted someone like that in the team. And that was in that was my opinion. That was my perception of Eddie Nketiah. And that was in stark contrast to Alexander Lacazette, whose future is also up in the air, but was seen to be giving everything for the cause and was a positive influence behind the scenes. Now, perhaps I jumped to conclusions around Eddie too soon, too early, and that was unfair of me um, for sure. I think the interview that he did with the Beautiful Game podcast really opened my eyes up to 
who Eddie Nketiah is as a man, as a footballer, and what it is that he's unhappy with at Arsenal, why he feels that actually just sort of getting sucked into the hype and signing on the dotted line might not be the right thing and best thing for his career. I get all of that. And now that I understand that a little bit more, I think I've got a lot more respect for him. And then he's come into the team and performed very, very well. And again, he deserves a lot of praise and a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, adulation for that. So fair play to the lad. I, I still don't know, Paul, look at Eddie and Ketia and say, this guy is going to lead the line for Arsenal too many years to come. It's a bit like what I was talking about earlier on. If he's quite content with being the second striker, now that we're going to be in Europe and there's naturally going to be more games, etc., etc. If he's okay with that, then I'm not against Arsenal sort of doing their best to keep hold of him. But if you tell me now it's either keep Eddie and Ketia as our main striker next season or go out and bring one in, then I know what I want to do. And that's I want us to go and bring in a top elite level striker that's going to complement Saka, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Odegaard, and give us what we need, which is a, a real potent goal threat in and around the penalty area. Now, Enketi has shown he can do that in a small sample, but I'm still not totally 100% convinced. It doesn't mean I'm dismissing him, though. It's just that I think what or what I view his role to be within this team and within this group, I think is going to be very different to what he views it as. And if Arsenal can't give him guarantees around, you know, where he's going to play, what he's going to do, um, the role that he's going to have, then I think we're going to have a problem keeping him and we're going to have a problem um, persuading him, basically, that this is this is the right thing for him and, and this is where he needs to be and this is where he needs to remain. So that's my view on that. Um, but yeah, look, you, you can't deny that he's done a wonderful job coming into the side in recent weeks. They're going to pick up one or two uh, more of your questions. Uh, Pat Moyle says, next season is a big one for Arteta back in Europe. How do you think he'll cope with European football and domestic football? Last time we were eighth. Yeah, and it's a, a valid concern to have. I do think we're in a much better place, though, in a lot of ways now than we were last season. We've obviously brought in a number of players who have been key contributors to where we are today. Um, I think the mentality around the group is much better. I think Mikel Arteta's improved as a manager. I think that people have said this season, you know, oh, Arsenal have only played one game a week. A lot of the time, because of the way the fixtures have panned out, that's not been true. There have been times where we've had to play a lot of games in a small period of time. And yes, that's something that you have to do for more weeks over the year when you're in Europe. But I do think if we recruit right, if we manage the squad right, if we can be relatively lucky injuries-wise, and you need that to be successful in football, there's no doubt about that, then I think that we we can cope a lot better than people think. It's not a given that we get back in the top four next season, even if we achieve it this season, because of the level of competition. You know, Chelsea starting a new era, what's that going to look like? Newcastle United, I don't think they're going to make the top four next season but will certainly spend in the summer and look to close the gap between themselves in the top six. You know, Tottenham will probably go again as well. Manchester United can't possibly be any worse. So it's, you know, it's not a given that we finish in the top four. And that's not because, or that's not to say that we would be regressing as a football team, but it's just the nature of, of the way football's going at the moment. The competition is more. It's why this league is, is regarded by many as the best in the world. And, um, yeah, let's see. You know, let's see. You know, time will tell. But I am much more confident, based on what I've seen this season, that Mikel Arteta and his squad today are better equipped to cope 
Maybe not numbers-wise. That's the only thing for me. But in terms of mentality, in terms of quality, in terms of consistency, I think we're much better equipped now once we add a few players in the summer than we were last season. And that makes a big, big difference. Okay. Um, going to leave it there. Uh, I'm just going to take this final comment from Harry Thomas. He says, we're saving a lot of money from trimming the wages in January. People forget that. And it's now looking like a master stroke. I said at the time, if he managed to get us in the Champions League, having done what he did in January, then it would be looked back on as a masterstroke. And I got a lot of stick for that. People were saying, oh, Harry labelled Mikel Arteta's January transfer window that most people were saying was a disgrace and a shambles as a masterstroke. It will be seen as that if it means that we still get into the Champions League and we were able to clear the decks ahead of what we expect to be another very busy summer. Don't forget, hit the like button. Don't forget, subscribe to the channel if you are new. And uh, we'll be back a little bit later on with another piece of content. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure your notifications are turned on. Please do leave a like on the video. Please do subscribe, as I've said. And I'll catch you all very, very soon. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.